for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Dave Dufour, who covers the NBA for the Athletic, about the upcoming 2020-2021 NBA season. The Warriors, lots of question marks around this roster. We've spent a lot of time on the podcast talking about it. We can also dip into the Eastern Conference, the Ben Simmons conversation, the Milwaukee Bucks. Can Giannis bring the Bucks up for a repeat? And has he reached that second level, that higher level, of LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, and some of the all-time greats? All storylines we can talk about with Dave Dufour, who joins me next. Today is Monday, October 18th. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the podcast, Dave DeFore. He is our favorite NBA analyst. Don't tell Anthony Slater or, uh, or any of the other Warriors guys that we said that. I said analyst, too. Is that, is that good by you, Dave? Yeah, that works. Yeah, I expert, mean, analyst, Sherpa. Clown. <laughs> our favorite NBA clown, Dave DeFore, yeah. joins us. Listen, I'm juggling, man. I'm in the circus. <laughs> I, know, I know my role. I, I understand who I am. I'm here to keep the eyeballs on me. Actually, the earballs. It's funny you said you know your role. Maybe that's where we start, dude, with Ben Simmons' talk. I think that's a good place to jump off. I saw a quote from Danny Green from Thursday that said, first of all, we don't care if he shows up at all. We're past that. Two, if he does show up, like, we're not asking him to shoot three-pointers. We're not asking him to score 40 a game. We're saying we're the best team in the Eastern Conference. Just do what you did before, and we'll be okay. Have we fallen into this pit of basketball where people need players to be different roles? It's sort of like what Major League Baseball has become, where you've got to be 10, 12 different things for a team. He could play every position every day. They're asking him to do something different, or fans are asking Ben Simmons to do something different. Walk me through this situation in your mind. How good are the 76ers without him, and what kind of role will he play for them this year? They're definitely worse without him, right? Because they were really good with him. And in the playoffs, remember, Danny Green was out, got hurt. They weren't very deep. Embiid had gotten hurt. I actually think that team had a shot at the finals in a year that felt pretty open, right? Like when all of this stuff was happening – I thought Philly had a good chance, and then one guy goes down, and it's next man up, and they just didn't have anybody to kind of fill that role. And Ben gets slid into this other role and is exposed in in a way that was very public, and we all saw it. You can't hide from that. You can't hide from passing up that dunk. You can't hide from whatever it was he shot at the line. Like You can't hide from that stuff. But Danny Green is right. Just come hoop. Just come play basketball. You, If he shows up, they are a top three team in the East. If he shows up and plays, that's a top three seed in the East. I just think we're past that point. You know, like this is what what happens when guys are negotiating through the media, sniping on Twitter at each other. Again, like a lot of fingers are being pointed at Doc and what Embiid said at the end of the season, you know, after pointing fingers at Ben, talking about how Ben passed up the dunk. Now, I didn't take Embiid's comments to, to actually be singling him out because he mentioned other things that happened. He mentioned Tobias Harris. He mentioned his own issues, right? Like, this is just, hey, this is the thing that happened. And this particular play, he pointed out accurately. This is sort of a microcosm of what we all deal with in society. As soon as the game of telephone starts, it all gets worse. And ultimately, everyone is an adult, but no one ever picked up a telephone early on to solve the problem. So, I don't know, man. Like, my assumption is, so he's there. I think he's going to play. I think he's going to play well. I don't know, man. I, I kind of hope they don't trade him. That's where I've been this whole time. Keep those guys together. Force Doc Rivers to be more creative, although I thought he did a decent job with them. Like, they were a good team last year. He gives them a dynamic that they just cannot find on the trade market. Like, it just is not out there. And the replacement for him would be maybe C.J. McCollum, I think I'd rather have Ben Simmons and figure out, you know, who on this roster can help create shots off the dribble because what he's able to do for them in transition and what he's able to do for them defensively, 
you just can't match on the trade market. They're going to get worse no matter what. I wouldn't call him a, a unicorn player by any stretch, but he is unique no. to what he does because of his size, because of his defensive ability. But because of that size, I think people expect more offensively from him. Well, we expect every player to just be everything. 3 and D role players. I mean, Danny Green almost invented being a 3 and D role player, and no one's saying to Danny Green, hey, how come you're not better in the pick and roll? I think that Ben Simmons, and I say this a lot about him a lot, it's, he's a 90% player. I mean, the guy is an all-star level player. He's made an all-NBA team, all-defensive player of the year candidate every year. Like, legitimately one of the four or five best defensive players, no matter what your, like, criteria is. Is it transition? Are we talking half court? Are we talking point of attack? Are we talking at the basket? Like, help defender. He is top five in the league at all of those things. But you just think about the jump shots. And you only think about the offense. Like, Rudy Gobert is a little bit like this, too, but maybe not as bad, but when you start putting on the table all of the things that that Ben Simmons can add to your team and your Philly in particular, because he's in-house, it's going to be really hard for them to replace the things that they need that they're going to lose in a trade. And I don't think that what they can get is going to be enough. So I would love to see this just work out. Plus, it's a better story. Yeah, yeah totally. Because it keeps the East competitive. We saw what, Absolutely. Four, four teams atop the East last year, five if you include the Trey Young explosion at the end of last season. You talk about the Miami Heat making additions this offseason, Kyle Lowry going down there. I think absolutely. He stays with the 76ers. We're talking about a battle between maybe four or five teams again up at the top. Sixers, Nets, maybe, with Kyrie, Bucks, Knicks, and Hawks would be the five. That'd be a lot of fun. Well, and the thing that people have not brought up enough, Joel Embiid is going to miss like, 15 to 20 games. It's going to every year. It's going to happen. And, I mean, it is just going to happen. And Ben Simmons, you know, he does stuff that helps you win those games when when Embiid isn't out there. And uh, I just don't know if their replacement and Tobias Harris is going to be enough. So now you've got to make up for those wins. And so all of a sudden you start looking, okay, well, maybe we go 5 and 15 when Embiid's not out there. And now you're not in home court advantage in the playoffs. And, you know, you're potentially facing – first round exits because you're just not as good. This has been my stance the entire time. I hope they keep them. I like that team. It is funky, but I don't think it's a fit issue. I think it's a lack of creativity. And I do think part of this is that Ben Simmons has to accept a change of role. You are not a point guard. You don't have the touch for it. You don't have the shot for it. Don't really have the handle for it. If we're being honest, people overrate his handle, but most of his dribbling is an open court. Like you see him in traffic, and he just doesn't have good hands. He's big, too. It's, I mean, it's easy to knock balls away from big guys putting the ball on the ground. I think that there is a role for Ben Simmons, and it's sort of this souped-up version of Draymond Green. You know, he doesn't have the offensive IQ of Draymond Green, and he doesn't create the offense that Draymond does. And I would argue he even doesn't have the defensive IQ because Draymond is just on a whole other planet than everybody else. He's basically Dr. Manhattan of defense. So, you know, it's not, not really fair. But I do think that Ben Simmons could be that guy. I mean, as a matter of fact, if he could get traded to Golden State, now we're cooking. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Warrior fans are, are rabid, right? We've seen what happened with them over the last few years. 15 and what they go, 15 and 50 a couple of years ago when they get the number two pick. And then last year, I was at that game against Memphis, the play-in game where you've got to win one of the first two. They lose to the Lakers where LeBron saw three hoops and shot at the middle one. Just incredible by him. And then you see the John Morant sort of coming out story that eliminates the Warriors from contention. The big storyline here is if Klay Thompson is any form of his former self, they're a contender. I don't buy it. Where do you come off on this? I mean, that's a lot of weight on those legs. Clay Thompson is a great basketball player. He's a Hall of Famer. I mean, 
you can't describe this era of basketball that we're in without really talking about Klay Thompson, right? Because Klay Thompson unlocked those Warriors teams for Steph Curry and Draymond to do the things that they do. That being said, he's older. It's been a while since we've seen him. The defense just isn't going to be the same regardless. It wasn't in his last season, if we're being honest. There was a downturn. It's a lot of pressure for a guy who does a lot of his scoring on the move with leg injuries. It's going to be tricky. And maybe he's back in January. Maybe if there's no setbacks, he's back in January. Man, that's a big chunk of the season already gone. So you're telling me that the season hinges on him coming and then what? They catch some sort of fire to make up for when he's not there. This is where I start to worry. Now, maybe you're thinking the blueprint was last season where they caught on. Guys kind of learned how to play. Wiseman wasn't out there stinking it up. And the Warriors had that great run heading into the playoffs. And maybe they can do the same thing, but with Klay Thompson. I don't know. Still got a bunch of kids out there, man. That's my issue. Is it's a young team. I mean, Moses Moody, you're talking 19 years old. Kaminga is exciting. He seems like a tantalizing player, but at 19 years old. And Steph Curry had to play the best basketball we've ever seen Steph play, which is, which is a huge statement, by the way, because he was a unanimous MVP and won multiple championships. Had the greatest single offensive season in NBA history. Unbelievable what he did down the stretch and put this team on his back. Now, he I, I don't know that that happens again. He did, had a year off, basically, with the, the wrist injury. I don't know that the same thing happens. I, I think it's fair to ask at this point what we need to see from James Wiseman to say this was not a bust of a pick because they were talking big ticket KD type stuff. They were talking maybe DeAndre Ayton. And I know they're a little bit of a different body type and, and it took a while for Ayton to even grow into the role he's in right now. But you're looking around him. You look over at LaMelo Ball and you go, boy, if the Warriors had LaMelo Ball and, and Steph could play off the ball, that team I'd say is a playoff team. What if they just had Sadiq Bay? Right? Like this has always been my thing. Uh, you know, like the Warriors had this great opportunity you know, to get this high draft pick, and this is a team that wants to compete now, it made no sense to take the pick. In particular, to take the pick that was going to be a few years away, at best. Okay, Wiseman isn't going to be a contributing basketball player, most likely for three years, at a minimum. This is just center life in the NBA, usually. And like you said, this wasn't a guy that people thought was going to be gangbusters coming into the NBA anyway. They saw him as more of a long-term project. Where there were players in that draft that we saw contribute last year. We saw players around. I mean, you know, Sadiq Bey, I bring up, Desmond Bain, LaMelo. Anthony Edwards figured it out. There were players. Edwards came on at the back end of the year. Yeah. I mean, if Anthony Edwards is best player in the league in five years, don't say I told you so. Like, that guy just has. I I hope he is because he's got great vibes. But I digress. Hell of a soundbite, too, by the way. He's a great talker. It's amazing. That guy just doesn't love basketball, as they say. But with the Warriors, (laughs) man, I don't know. You have to really believe in Jordan Poole if you believe in this team at all because they haven't done themselves any favors in the last few years to compete by using the draft, right? Like, they're getting these guys who look to be longer-term projects. They're, you know, they're not ready to contribute. And so Jordan Poole looks great. Can he make up for no Clay Thompson until Clay Thompson gets there? And is Clay Thompson still Clay Thompson enough that when he gets there, it sends him supernova? Those are the questions I have. To me, there's just no way for us to know the answers. Now, the pool thing feels a little bit safer after we've seen him here in the preseason, I think. The parts are there. Can he, you know, put them together and and do it in the regular season? I think he can. Clay Thompson is still a big question mark. And I and I just don't see how anyone can have any kind of confidence in that team 
until we know what Clay Thompson looks like. Well, to your point, they're just too young. Uh, they're young outside of they're those so guys. Young. They bring back Andre Iguodala. He's four years older than when he left here, right? This ain't the same Andre walking through. They're the young and old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're young and old. Big Delta there. Uh, can't leave without asking you another question about the Western Conference. It's funny. We look at uh, the Warriors. We say, yeah, they're young on one end, old on the other. The Lakers, just kind of old, but everybody looks at them and goes, that's experience. That's an experienced team, the L.A. Lakers. It's constructed a little bit different. Where do they rack up in the Western Conference? I really like the Mavericks. I think Luka Doncic having a a head coach who I think played a similar style of game to him in Jason Kidd, oh, a guy. No, you don't believe that? You don't buy that? Oh, uh, listen, Jason Kidd is not. I don't think he's a very good basketball coach. Well, I don't think he's a great coach either. I'm talking about Luka specifically. I don't think about okay. him as a head coach. I'm talking about having a guy who may be able to guide him as far as court vision goes, as far as shooting goes. He has to coach the rest of the team, too, though. This is the issue. And, and so I will say this. I, I worry about the Mavs just taking a, a step back because of the coaching. But they are going to be better because I think Porzingis is healthy, looks great in a preseason, and Luka is better. Like, plain and simple. You saw him in the Olympics. He's getting better every year. He's getting better every year. He carried Slovenia entirely. He's getting better every four months at this point, right? I mean, this is the guy who's going to be the best player in the league in five years. Well, if not Anthony Edwards. And don't say well, I told Anthony you so. Edwards yeah. is going to be number one in my heart. Uh, he's already number one in my heart. But Luka is going to be the best player in the league in five years. So if the Mavs are better, it's going to be a lot of Luka. And, and I would say that the Jason Kidd impact would be negligible. And maybe they would even be better if they had just kept Rick Carlisle, right? Like, that's where I'm at on the Jason Kidd edition there. But I like the Lakers because LeBron... Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook are just going to be monsters in the regular season. Russell Westbrook, especially for the regular season, is big for me. When you look at how the Wizards made the play in last year, it was on the back of Russell Westbrook just being an absolute monster the second he got healthy. And so the Lakers are going to be able to, to a certain degree, prepare themselves for the postseason while also riding Russell Westbrook through the regular season. So I, I actually think they should be the one seed in the West. Defense is going to be interesting. I'm curious if they can keep, you know, the level of defense that we've seen the last couple of years with this Frank Vogel team. You know, and LeBron potentially could be in the MVP race. I mean, it's year 19. If he's sitting around, you know, 27, 7, and 7, we're all going to be looking around at ourselves like, this son of a bitch did it again. <laughs> so, you know, look, it's going to be a fascinating year, and I do think it it is pretty wide open. And once you get into the playoffs, I think that there's more parity than any of us will allow ourselves to believe, me included, because you brought up the Mavs. Look, man, the right matchup comes along. That Mavericks team could be in the finals. They could have been in the finals last year. The Clippers were just a special rough problem for them that they happened to run into two years in a row. I'm telling you, matchups matter more and more this season than any other season that I've covered this league because we're going to see a weird champion, I think, weird from the regular discourse. I don't think it's going to be the Lakers. I don't think it's going to be the Nets. Now, I'm personally picking the Bucks to repeat. I think they've got some really great vibes. Giannis may have ascended into that next level that we've seen out of guys like Steph Curry the year following a championship. I mean, think about it. I'm not saying the Bucks can go 74-8. and eight. But I think if they wanted to, that's a 65 to 67 win team. They're pretty good. They seem to have figured things out and they've got the best player in the league. So I think things are pretty interesting out West, but I do expect the Lakers to make the finals as long as everyone stays healthy. I mean, health is going to be the number one thing this year. Frequently the answer or the bottom line. 
Well, especially when your best player is damn near 40. Is he 38 now? Is that what he's going to be? So you're 19. I guess he came in at 18. God. 2003, so yes. he's 38. He's your 38, 38. season. Yeah. I'm with you, man. 27-7-7. and LeBron could be the MVP in your 19, man. Incredible stuff. Hey, Dave, I always appreciate it, man. We'll catch up with you again. Once we get the season going, we'll start to, we'll start talking about some of that parody, and, and maybe once uh, they sit James Wiseman down for the first extended period of time, then uh, we'll get another take from you. If the Warriors are 5-7, and seven, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, dude. Great stuff from Dave Dufour. Always fun talking basketball with him. He does a great job. And, and make sure you're reading his stuff and following his podcast stuff. He does great Q&As, live Q&As on The Athletic all season long. And he's right. There's a lot of parody from last season that may carry over into this season. When he says a weird champion, I'm with him. I don't think anybody picked the Phoenix Suns to go to the NBA Finals last year. Would be a huge question mark as to whether or not Chris Paul can stay healthy and get the Suns back atop the Western Conference. LeBron healthy, AD healthy. Lots of question marks with the Nets as far as Kyrie Irving is concerned. And of course, we'll continue to follow the Ben Simmons situation. Thank you to Dave. Thank you to Brian, my producer. And thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is you're listening to us. We've got more playoff baseball to talk about. We can also get into some Warrior basketball later this week. And the 49ers return home from a bye week to take on the Indianapolis Colts. All that comes in the days and weeks ahead. Until Wednesday, enjoy the week. We'll talk to you then.